Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. The replacement of Justice Anthony Kennedy scrambles a midterm election that was shaping up as a sure win for Republicans. The defeat of the Democrats' fourth-ranking congressman by a 28-year-old avowed socialist is a clear signal that the Democrats have become a fringe party. And faced with the consolidation of Republican control of all three branches of government, the resist movement is morphing into a full-fledged civil war against America. With these stories and more from a nationalist perspective, I'm Jim Dawes, and this is America First Radio's Daily Brief. And thank you for joining America First Radio. This conversation never ends. You can follow us on Twitter at AmFirstRadio or friend us on Facebook at America First Radio with Jim Dawes. And you can share it with your friends, weigh in on the conversation, start a fight, insult the host, and you'll get early notifications as soon as these shows are posted. America First Radio is proudly carried on the Talk America Radio Network, the new dominant force in conservative talk radio. And you can listen to their live feed 24-7 at TalkAmericaRadio.us. And we're broadcast each weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern on Talk America affiliates in Florida and Georgia. But if you miss a broadcast, you can always catch America First Radio on demand on your favorite podcast directory or at our website at AmericaFirstRadio.com. Well, uh, the announcement yesterday by just Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy that he was retiring uh, really scrambles this upcoming midterm election. To be quite honest with you, I liked the way things were shaping up. The Democrat Party had uh, revealed themselves as being a a totally open border, um, anarchist party, really, uh, dishonest to its core, violent and uh, uncivil to the extreme. I think that the backlash was building quite nicely against the Democrats that was going to punish them uh, for aligning themselves with the lunatic fringe in Hollywood and, uh, and you know, the Bernie Sanders wing of the Democrat Party that wants socialism. Socialism and open borders, what could go wrong? So um, Anthony Kennedy announces yesterday that, uh, you know, he's, he's going to take his— uh, his act back to Sacramento, California, and let the president of the United States pick a replacement. And this has really uh, uh, altered the dynamics uh, quite a bit, uh, especially when it comes to the issue of abortion rights. Um, The uh, pro-life majority in this country um, is uh, is not a very big majority. Uh, There are still a lot of a lot of people that um, ascribe to, uh, you know, a woman uh, having the right to choose an abortion, choose to terminate her baby. And um, and really, it's very difficult. And the, both sides feel very strongly about this issue. And it's difficult to project 
what effects this will have. Now, uh, Mitch McConnell, I think quite rightly, uh, is determined to um, to confirm a presidential nominee for uh, Kennedy's replacement prior to the midterms. And I, I think there's nothing that the Democrats can do to stop them from doing that. But it is going to energize the base, base on both sides. And it's hard to tell which side uh, that it is likely to uh, energize uh, their base even more. So I've got some clips for you here. Here's, here's a, a DNC conference call, Democrat National Committee conference call that was going on when, in fact, the announcement was made uh, that Anthony Kennedy was stepping down. Let me try this again. I apologize. Well, the Democrats are uh, apoplectic over this because Anthony Kennedy sided with them on the issue of abortion and gay rights. Uh, and, uh, you know, to a large extent, the Supreme Court uh, is a lot less conservative than it should be based on, um, you know, the presidents that appointed them. Uh, the Republicans have fallen down repeatedly in appointing justices to the Supreme Court who turned out not to be as conservative as they were advertised. Um, I don't know if that was uh, by design or accidental, but uh, it has been has been an effect. Uh, I think that if uh, the court actually reflected the politics, the Republican or Democrat politics of the president that appointed them, this would already be a uh, a six to three or seven to two court. But uh, Anthony Kennedy was uh, the Democrats' saving grace because uh, he he sided with the liberal um, uh, minority on the court uh, on issues of abortion and gay rights. And now that um, that uh, he is going to be replaced by a Trump appointment, uh, this is sort of an existential threat to the liberals. Uh, ability to uh, impose their cultural agenda on the rest of the nation. The minority has been imposing their cultural agenda on the re rest of the nation for, well, hell, ever, ever since uh, there, there was, in fact, a liberal majority on the court. Ever since, ever since the uh, conservative appointments have outnumbered the, uh, the, Repub uh, the, the liberal appointments, uh, first, Sandra Day O'Connor, and then Justice Anthony Kennedy has uh, has moderated that and given these uh, these rulings to the liberal minority. Joe Scarborough uh, had an interesting and uh, and threw some cold water on all of this uh, this wailing and gnashing of teeth on behalf of the Democrats on his show. 
right. So, uh, John Meacham, um, I, uh, yesterday <laughs> there were several people who were shocked at this news and yeah. saw quite a few people actually with blue check marks by their name saying this was the bleakest moment in their life and they just didn't know how they were going to move forward with it. Um, there are many things that Donald Trump does that um, we criticize and, and talk about. Cause concern. Cause great concern, and, and they are actually violations of constitutional norms. Just for our friends uh, that are suggesting the same here, when you elect presidents, this is what happens. And when Hillary Clinton uh, didn't visit Wisconsin and uh, didn't visit Ouch. Michigan enough, yep. and when we saw a young woman yesterday with a campaign, uh, a, a message that was more inspiring in three minutes than what Hillary Clinton gave us in two years, they can complain about Internet, this and that, and the press did this and they should have done that. But the fact is, Hillary never had a message. She ran a horrible campaign. And this is just, this is the consequence of it. Is it not? I mean, what yeah. Donald Trump did yesterday is what presidents do. And by the way, if Mitch McConnell subverted uh, what what should be the Senate's constitutional norms of checks and balances, well, then damn it, Democrats can try to do the same thing. Well, the Democrats well, did in fact do the same thing. The, uh, the elimination of the filibuster on judicial appointments wasn't Mitch McConnell's idea. That was Harry Reid. When Harry Reid was determined to support Barack Obama's uh, packing the D.C. Uh, Court of Appeals, the most uh, pow powerful appeals court in the land, and uh, did away with the, the filibuster to block that, uh, he set this up. And more power to him, because I think the filibuster, especially in this modern day and age where we have such a polarized political environment, is a uh, an anachronism and needs to go. We need to uh, go back to the constitutional rule of governing by majority. Not a supermajority, a majority. And that's what's exactly going to happen on this uh, this upcoming nomination. We'll talk more about the replacement of Justice Anthony Kennedy on the Supreme Court right after these messages on America First Radio. CRTV.com, and you're listening to Talk America Radio, the new dominant force in conservative talk radio. I could spend the rest of the show just playing for you example after example of uh, Democrats melting down on the news of the replacement of Justice Anthony Kennedy on the Supreme Court. Uh, you've probably seen enough of it yourself, so I'm not going to belabor the point, but I do want to read to you this one tweet uh, that sort of is uh, the exemplar of what's uh, what's been going on, at least on social media. This is uh, from Matthew Kay. He said it's literally in tears. Haven't felt this hopeless in a long time. With Justice Kennedy leaving, we now have two options as Americans. Get fitted for your Nazi uniform or report directly to your death camp. How do you fight the darkness without light? My spark is going out. 
and he got he got like over two thousand uh, likes on that tweet. But it's uh, it, it is very indicative of what's been going on. The, the, you know, the, I don't know if Donald Trump has pushed these people over the edge or if they were just so fragile to begin with that uh, that you know they were. Um, they were unable to accept defeat in the 2016 election, but this Kennedy uh, uh, appointment has definitely pushed them over the edge. And I expect that it's going to manifest itself in even more uh, liberal lunacy. A lot of people responded to Matthew on uh, Twitter uh, urging him to seek mental health. Uh, a lot of them wrote uh, uh, very consoling messages, you know, uh, trying to reassert some uh some reality to the situation that in fact you know when uh one party wins an election that it gets to appoint the supreme court justices but but uh one one uh, snarky guy replied to him uh you know i don't want to upset you anymore but you know there's no wi-fi in the death camps <laughs> that was some pretty dark humor there but uh anyway uh so this uh, this this uh, issue, this appointment, really uh, has the ability to increase turnout on both sides of this election, and and to be quite frank with you, I'm not sure which side uh, it's going to benefit. It's going to energize the base on both sides, but uh, maybe more so on the Democrats. Not so sure. We'll have to wait and watch. This is Ken Cuccinelli. Uh, he ran for uh, governor of uh, Virginia, I believe it is. Uh, he was a former congressman on what he had to say about the uh, the turnout issue. Turnout, but it's going to do it on both sides either way. So I don't know there's any competitive advantage. But let's start by looking back one appointment to the Gorsuch appointment. You'll recall that when, when Neil Gorsuch was nominated... Uh, the filibuster was available for Supreme Court justices. And Neil Gorsuch was so unarguably well qualified that when the Democrats took an approach that might have been reasonable for a radical, what, what was the example Jeffrey used? Uh, you know, Pirro or, or you know, something <laughs> like that. Janine Pirro, yeah. Janine Pirro, thank you, Jeffrey. The but, voice um, of Jeffrey Tubin. You know, but uh, it. <laughs> But it wasn't reasonable for Neil Gorsuch, and it was one of the biggest strategic political errors in our lifetime was the Democrats knowing full well that to please their base, as they did during that spat, that they were going to lose the filibuster. And now the swing vote of the court is not filibusterable, and this I do believe this appointment will go through before the election. And if you're Joe Manchin or you're John Tester or you're Heidi Heitkamp or Claire McCaskill or Joe Donnelly, this is a hard vote. Do you vote to please your Trump voters or do you vote to please your base? And that is a really tough line for them to walk. It is not a tough line on the Republican side. Well, Cuccinelli makes an excellent point right there that there are uh, many more Democrat senators on the bubble uh, running in states for re-election where Donald Trump won uh, by considerable margins. And uh, it's going to really put these uh, these senators running for re-election on the spot. John Tester, Claire McCaskill, Heidi Heitkamp. I think there's a couple of a couple of more because uh, it will force them to declare even more so than they have uh, demonstrated for their their voters already just uh you know who's 
whose uh, song they they danced to, uh, and uh, and really take uh, you know increasing the majority in the Senate is absolutely critical to in uh, to implementing this America First agenda. So it may have some uh, positive effects there. But I disagree with Cuccinelli when he says that uh, you know it was um, it was the uh, exercising the filibuster against Gorsuch that was the Democrats' um, major blunder. The major blunder was committed by Harry Reid when he did away with the filibuster entirely for the appointment of federal judges. He's the one that set the precedent. He wanted to you know firewall that off and say, or the Democrats did wanted to firewall that off and say it only applied to to um, uh, judges uh, that were not Supreme Court justices. But, you know, there there is no rationale for that. So uh, Mitch McConnell was perfectly within his rights and um, and predictable that, uh, you know, he eliminated the filibuster for Supreme Court justices as well, as I say, I think uh, justifiably so. But uh, Harry Reid really blew it then because it was predictable. Uh, if you If you saw the political trends, that um, that the uh, Republicans were going to retake the presidency and and uh, exercise the nomination of the next Supreme Court justices and all of the Supreme Court justices that were uh, aging and approaching retirement were are either uh, you know these these uh, leftist. Uh, justices or Justice Kennedy, who was this uh, swing vote that kept delivering these cultural issues to the Democrat minority. And there's another issue that's uh, really going to be interesting to watch is how long can um, the, uh, the, the aging uh, Supreme Court, liberal Supreme Court justices, Ginsburg and Souter, hold on? Uh, I, I, I fully expect that they'll try to hold on until after the 2020 elections, hoping that Donald Trump will be defeated. But if Donald Trump wins uh, yet another term, I'm not sh- I'm not convinced. I don't think that uh, Justice Ginsburg can hold on until 2024. Uh, Souter may be able to. Uh, Souter is one of those uh, those liberal justices that was appointed by a Republican. George W. Bush appointed Souter, uh, drug him out of the woods in Vermont where he had said almost nothing on the record that uh, would indicate, you know, where his um, his uh, jurisprudence uh, came down. And uh, and I, I don't know if it was by accident or by design. Knowing the Bushes, I kind of tend to believe that it was by design. Here's uh, Mitch McConnell back when uh, uh, Harry Reid was uh, going about eliminating the filibuster for uh, for judicial appointments. Once again, Senate Democrats are threatening to break the rules of the Senate, break the rules of the Senate in order to change the rules of the Senate. And over what? Over what? Over a court that doesn't even have enough work to do? The majority leader promised, he promised over and over again that he wouldn't break the rules of the Senate in order to change them. If you want to play games, set yet another precedent that you'll no doubt come to regret. Say to my friends on the other side of the aisle, you'll regret this. 
And you may regret it a lot sooner than you think. I think uh, they have come to regret it a lot, lot sooner than you think. Uh, Harry Reid has uh, has gone home uh, to Nevada, and uh, Mitch McConnell uh, is uh, exercising power that was handed to him by Harry Reid. Well, uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, the current minority leader for the Democrats in the Senate, he is uh, scrambling very hard to try to find some sort of precedent to deny, um, you know, this uh, this presidential appointment to Trump and convince his fellow uh, senators uh, t- to uh, to not vote on uh, on nominate on the uh, confirmation. Our Republican colleagues in the Senate should follow the rule they set in 2016, not to consider a Supreme Court justice in an election year. You will recall that in 2016, um, uh, McConnell's Senate refused to take up um, Obama's nomination of um, Garland to the Supreme Court because they were citing that there was uh, they were in the middle of a presidential election year. So now... One of the major arguments that Schumer and the Democrats are making is that uh, you're not allowed to make a nomination during any election year. Um, he he wants to expand this to include off-year elections as well. I'm not so sure that that precedent holds water, but uh, in any case, uh, this is the uh, constitutional exercise of power uh, the reason that the Republicans were able to exercise their prerogative of not considering a Supreme Court justice during an election year, be it presidential or otherwise, is because they had the majority. And they still have the majority, and they will make their decision based on what they think is best for their constituents and the people that sent them to Washington. Back to this clip. Our Republican colleagues in the Senate should follow the rule they set in 2016, not to consider a Supreme Court justice in an election year. Senator McConnell would tell anyone who listened that the Senate had the right to advise and consent, and that was every bit as important as the president's right to nominate. Millions of people are just months away from determining the senators who should vote to confirm or reject the president's nominee, and their voices deserve to be heard now, as Leader McConnell thought they should deserve to be heard then. <laughs> well, it's an interesting argument, Chuck. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, the Republicans control the Senate, and I would expect that they're going to move ahead with this vote, whether you like it or not. We'll run out to a break and hear just a couple of more uh, clips uh, concerning this Supreme Court appointment right after these messages on America First Radio. This is Donna Fiducia. And I'm Don Newen from Cowboy Logic Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to one of our favorite radio shows, America First Radio, with our friend Jim Dawes. That's right, Donna. We consider America First Radio appointment radio. America First Radio with Jim Dawes, weeknights. Right here on Talk America Radio, found at talkamericaradio.us.
so the Democrats have really painted themselves in a corner when it comes to these judicial nominees and their uh, their zeal to pack the uh, the appeals courts with Obama appointees and do away with a filibuster, which Mitch uh, Mitch McConnell uh, warned them not to do. Mitch McConnell, if anything, he is a institutionalist when it comes to the Supreme Court. He begged them not to do it. They did it anyway. And now what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And Mitch McConnell is turning right around and giving it to him with both barrels. Uh, uh, they, uh, they made their bed, and he's making them sleep in it. So, uh, you know, the, the filibuster is gone for judicial appointments. It should have never existed. It wasn't put in the, the, um, the Constitution by the framers. It uh, has always been illegitimate as far as I'm concerned. It was put into effect at a time when they wanted to, uh, to sort of govern uh, to, to an extent by consensus in, in order to, to uh, you know, unite the country. But the country is anything but united now. We've allowed the, the rise of uh, uh, a faction that has taken control of the Democratic Party that doesn't, um, doesn't subscribe to the Constitution or limitations on, um, on you know, uh, the government power and authority that wants to bind down the majority of people with, uh, with you know, overbearing government. And, uh, and now we're back to, I think, rightly uh, governing by majority in order to try to correct these, these trends. And I want to take a second right here to congratulate um, Trump voters, including myself, that said that uh, the 2016 election was uh, so critical that we had to get out and support uh, you know, this outsider, this so-called interloper, um, for president of the United States in order to keep Hillary Clinton and her, uh, leftist party from, uh, from being able to dictate, um, Supreme court nominees that would set these issues for more than a generation to come. Ginsburg would have retired immediately. Souter would have retired immediately. Um, I have no doubt that Kennedy would have retired anyway, and we would have ended up with a 7-3. No, wait a second. That would be, uh, that would still be a, um, that would be a 5-4 uh, Democrat majority on the Supreme Court, liberal majority on the Supreme Court, had Donald Trump not, uh, not won the election. This guy, Steve Schmidt, who ran, um, John McCain's presidential campaign. Uh, he's supposed to be some sort of, uh, you know, uh, guru when it comes to politics. He's, he's lost at almost every, every, uh, campaign that he's run. He was a disaster. He's more than anybody else, probably responsible for giving the nation the Barack Obama era. He has now abandoned the Republican party, which is uh, completely predictable because nobody in the Democrat party would hire him anymore. And he's gone to work as a, a talking head for MSNBC, uh, whose value over there is that he is, uh, claims to be a Republican, uh, who will, um, you know, parrot the Democrat line. He, he is MSNBC's version of CNN's Anna Navarro, somebody who is nominally a Republican that, uh, 
that you know will uh, will slam this president and uh, and this Republican Congress uh, on cue. So he's sort of become he he left the Demo- or the Republican Party and he's sort of become their their poet laureate on uh, on slamming the Republicans. And I'm going to play you uh, sort of a long clip of uh, one of his rants on the Supreme Court nominee. Well, Nicole, I, I think this is a very unfortunate hour. Um, restraint is an important quality in a in a democracy, uh, particularly in a country where the, the street, he said, closely divided. And the reality, the is street, he said, the street is an important element in a democracy. Now, this is the kind of talk you hear out of uh, out of the Middle East, or or maybe even in Europe, where they can you know deliver their unhinged uh, minorities uh, into the streets to riot in order to try to uh, bully and intimidate the majority into uh, into co- uh, caving to their uh, their want. Well, Nicole, I, I think this is a very unfortunate hour. Um, restraint is an important quality in a, in a democracy, uh, particularly in a country where the politics are closely divided. And the reality is, is that Donald Trump Lost the uh, popular vote by three million. Uh, he won by seventy-eight. Many, uh, probably more than a million, of those votes were illegally cast in California and and probably Illinois as well. Eight thousand votes across three states, um, and the Republicans control all three branches of government: um, the legislative, um, and by uh, Republican nominees, five to four on the on the Supreme Court. So we have a minority that is ruling the majority of the country who are opposed to this president. And, and that is extremely unhealthy in a democracy. Um, you know, as you know, in the White House, I ran the Roberts and Alito confirmations. I was supportive of President Obama uh, and, uh, with Kagan and Sotomayor because I believe presidential elections have consequences and that presidents should be afforded wide discretion uh, with regard to their Supreme Court nomination. Oh, but not anymore. But uh, Mitch McConnell uh, has, as much as anyone, uh, uh, done done great damage to the United States Senate as a uh, institution that was once known as the world's greatest deliberative body. Well, what about Harry Reid, Steve Smith? Um, they stole a Supreme Court seat from the from the Democrats. How did they steal a Supreme Court seat? The president nominates, the Senate confirms. If the Senate doesn't want to confirm, they they are not obligated to do so. As you say, elections have consequences. And and for the fabric of our of our democracy, Democrats should dig in hard here and do everything they conceivably can do uh, to block this nomination, any nomination, except. They cannot block this nomination because they do not have a majority in the Senate. Uh, Now, they may be able to uh, peel off Republican votes, but the Democrats in and of themselves can't stop it. Now, we're going to get a good look at Jeff Flake and John McCain and Susan Collins and uh, Murkowski from Alaska to see whether or not they are going to cave to the uh, the Democrat minority and allow them to dictate – that this nomination wait till after the midterms. Chris Wallace was totally unhinged on MSNBC uh, with this illusion or this um, 
this delusion that the Democrats can somehow block this nomination. But if he gets replaced by a hardline social conservative, it is the Democratic leadership will have hell to pay. They cannot let this happen. They have to play hardball. They've got to do exactly to the other side what Mitch McConnell did to them, play hardball and win. They must prevent the, 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 the Republican-controlled Senate to pick another justice on this hard right court. Well, how do they – how does Chris – Wallace proposed that they do this. These things are determined by votes, and the Democrats don't have the votes. What does he uh, expect them to uh, take the gavel away from the the uh, the president of the Senate? Uh, lock the doors? Uh, lay down in the aisles? What does he expect them to do? Look at the decision, starting with Bush Gore. Look at the decision, starting going on to the Howard case, where everybody in the country can have the biggest gun they can buy. Look at the case on Citizens United, where the people with the most money win all the elections. And then that got off a decision yesterday, which is basically an anti-Muslim bill. They voted right down the line, 5-4. In every case, the Democrats have got to fight for that fifth seat with everything they've got. If- so not only does Chris Wallace think that uh, they have got to uh, stall Trump's appointment to the Supreme Court somehow, but they, uh, Chris Wallace expects them to dictate their appointment to the Supreme Court from the minority. This is how unhinged these people have come. They, they don't believe that the majority, the people who won the elections ought to be allowed to exercise their authority. They allow this to proceed. They're going to look stupid, they're going to look weak, and they're going to be overthrown. They're well, they already look stupid and weak. The base is wired now for a revolt. This will be the trigger for it. If they allow this, they shouldn't have a meeting with any of his nominees. They shouldn't have any hearings. They shouldn't show up for any hearings. They should fight this tooth and nail. <laughs> they shouldn't have a meeting with any of their nominees. That does not stop a nomination. You don't have to meet with them if you don't want to. The vote will go forward anyway. They shouldn't, ha- they shouldn't attend any hearings. Good. That'll make the hearings go much faster, and we'll be able to, uh, to nominate him by a, a bigger majority. Now, for a revolt, this will be the trigger for it. If they allow this, they shouldn't have a meeting with any of his nominees. They shouldn't have any hearings. They shouldn't show up for any hearings. They should fight this tooth and nail. We'll be back right after these messages on America First Radio. Hi, this is Dr. Kelly Ward from the great state of Arizona, and you're listening to Talk America Radio, the new dominant force in conservative talk radio. Here is what's driving the left crazy. This is why you've seen the left so unhinged, because they believe uh, they are thoroughly convinced in their minds that they are morally superior. Their their whole worldview sort of depends on confirmation of that, that anybody opposed to them is a Nazi or a, an, or a, a fascist, and that, uh, that they're allowed to take whatever means necessary in order to impose their will on the rest of us. And one of the key uh, things that they uh, that allow them to do that are these uh, these activist judges. 
Now, when the Republicans um, do whatever it takes to appoint somebody to the Supreme Court, what they're in fact doing is upholding the the uh, Constitution because they're appointing justices to the Supreme Court that will rule based on uh, what the Constitution says, not decide what um, what outcome they want to begin with and then write an opinion that works back for, backwards from there and uh, ignores what the Constitution tells them. And we've had a, a, a very a clear example of that this week with this, uh, this travel ban that was issued in Hawaii and also, uh, I think, in a Maryland court. This, uh, this uh, ruling uh, by the lower courts blocking the president's uh, authority to regulate immigration into this country. It was upheld by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals that is uh, that's overturned 85% of the time. Now, this, this travel ban was not a difficult call. If you read the Constitution, uh, Article 2 that empowers the president as uh, uh, the executive responsible for national security, and you read the federal statutes, that uh, give the president broad discretion in exercising his constitutional authority, it was not even a close call. But because these activist judges in the Ninth Circuit Court out in Hawaii and, uh, and also in Maryland decided that uh, it, it was the virtuous and right thing to do to strike down the president's uh, order, then they worked backwards from there and looked for justifications in order to do just that. They were going to be overturned from the very beginning. Uh, and, um, and the worst thing that could happen to this country is for us, uh, us to allow this quality of judges to gain a majority on the Supreme Court, which they almost already had. They've got four on there now. Uh, Kennedy vacillated between uh, remaining true to the Constitution and imposing uh, cultural uh, norms on this country that are not contained in the Constitution and that the Supreme Court had no business uh, interjecting itself on. And, uh, and it really is uh, causing all of this, the, the Democrats, to thoroughly lose their mind. Chris Wallace is a prime example of this. I'm going to play you another clip of him uh, demanding that the Democrats somehow stop the Republican majority in the Senate from confirming Trump's nominee. This 5-4 court has been pro-Republican, pro-gun, pro-money, and against immigration, anti-immigrant, anti-immigrant, if you will. And I think the Democrats, as I said a few moments ago, have to fight this tooth and nail. They have to use every process opportunity. They have to stop this until next year when we have a new Senate. We don't know whether next year's Senate will be Republican or Democratic dominated. But to give this to the Republicans when they control the Senate, basically 51 or 50 to 49, really, with John McCain perhaps not voting again, to give them this last chance 
to pack the court, 5-4 again, hard conservative. I, again, I say this, the base will attack the leadership if they allow it to happen, and they should, because this is time for vengeance for what happened two years ago, and if they don't wreak the vengeance now, with four and a half weeks, four and a half months to go before the election, they will not look very strong to their base, and I think they'll be under attack, and you'll see more Joe Crowley's go down. Oh, man, the Republican National Committee ought to take out ads with those statements from Chris Wallace and uh, and blast them all over. So according to Chris Wallace, if the Republican majority in the Senate is able to uh, exercise its constitutional authority and confirm the president's pick for Supreme Court, that is somehow the Democrats giving the Republicans their way. Oh, man, I hope and pray that that's exactly how the Democrat street, as Steve Schmidt likes to call them, uh, uh, interprets this. And it really does push them further over the edge than they already are. And uh, and they start throwing out uh, their more establishment-type uh, um, Democrats. Or hell, just let them stay home. Let them stay home. I hope maybe, um, as I said, I don't know what uh, how the dynamic will play out. Um, of this Supreme Court appointment on the midterm elections, but uh, maybe it will have the effect of actually suppressing Democrat turnout. Well, in the time we've got left, I want to talk about uh, the defeat of the Democrats' fourth-ranking congressman, um, Joe Crowley, from New York. He had, uh, he had been chosen to probably be the successor of Nancy Pelosi, uh, when, in fact, uh, 75 or 77-year-old Nancy Pelosi decided to step down by this 28-year-old avowed socialist uh, there in that district uh, that covers Queens and the Bronx in New York. And they've been making a lot of analogies between um, uh, Orsilio Cortez, that's her name's uh, defeat of Joe Crowley, and Dave Bratz's defeat of Eric Cantor, uh, there in that Virginia district, I, I just wanted, and I think I made that analogy as well. I want to point out one critical difference in in that. Um, what's arising with this uh, this socialist, the so-called Democrat socialist, Bern, Bernie Sanders wing of the Democrat Party, with their ascendancy and their overturning the established order in the Democrat Party? That is a decidedly minority. Um, uh, ideology in this country. Dave Bratt actually represented uh, a, a a grassroots majority movement that was tired of the Eric Cantors of this world imposing their uh, their corporate establishment um, agenda on the Republican Party. Over on the Democrat side, this rise of the social de- uh, the Democrat socialists is anything but that. Uh, but I, I predict that uh, what we're seeing is the rise of sort of uh, European uh, socialism uh, in the Democrat Party, the c- same kind of movements we saw that destroyed Venezuela and, uh, and uh, other countries in Central and South America. And part of her, uh, her agenda put out on you know flyers is she wants open borders. She does not want, she wants to abolish ICE and Border Patrol, which will effectively uh, erase our borders. And at the same time, she wants European style welfare. 
She wants a guaranteed government job for anybody who wants one with a, a with a minimum wage of $15 an hour. She wants uh, Medicaid, Medicare for all. She wants the government to be responsible for everybody's health care. She wants to establish housing as a human right. So if you're unable to afford housing, she wants the government to provide it for you. Now you combine that sort of European welfare socialist model with open borders and you have an absolute recipe for disaster and national suicide. And this has really got the Democrat Party in quite a, um, an existential crisis over there. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, the leader of the Democrats in the House, recognizes what's going on. And uh, she held a press conference where she had to push back against uh, uh, the reality of what's happening on the ground to the uh, Democrat Party. No, they're not. They're, it's ascendant in that district, perhaps. Uh, but uh, I don't accept any characterization of our party presented by the Republicans. So let me reject that right now. Right, Mr. Climber? <laughs> you can join in any time. Uh, our party is a big tent. Uh, our districts are very different one from the other. As I said, I am viewed, and uh, they spend tens of millions of dollars uh, uh, promoting uh, characterizing me or caricaturizing me as this left-wing person where in my district they call me a corporate pawn well she's both she's a left-wing corporate pawn but uh in the short time we got left i want to play you a quick clip from uh trump's uh rally in north dakota last night talking about this uh this election uh primary uh, election over in um in new york last night we had a great evening because we watched that television and we were winning left and right. They didn't know what the hell happened. And one of my biggest critics, a slovenly man named Joe Crowley, got his ass kicked. <laughs> ah, yes, he did. By a young woman who had a lot of energy. She had a lot of energy. I guess he didn't see it. They couldn't find him. He spent a lot of money. He actually had a lot of money left over. Everyone's pouring a fortune because they figure. And he was going to take Nancy Pelosi's place. And I was so disappointed because I want to keep Nancy Pelosi right where she is with Maxine Waters. I want to keep Nancy Pelosi. Please, I want to make a plea to my Democrat friends. Please, please, please don't <laughs> remove Nancy Pelosi. She should be where she is. And I think the Democrats are in big trouble. Uh, I don't know what effect this is going to have on the midterm elections, but they're in big trouble. we got to run out. Uh, I hope you'll join us back here again tomorrow night for another edition of America First Radio on the Talk America Radio Network. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. 
Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.